Barum is relationships. Barum is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter、mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. Oh hi, Allison. Hi, Rob. Oh hi, listeners. We're here to talk about minute seventy-nine of the room, in which what the hell is Claudette rambling about? We begin with Mark awkwardly watching Lisa have a conversation with Stephen and Claudette and Johnny talking. This is actually a continuation of something we heard earlier in the film, because Claudette was telling Lisa about it. She has a friend, Shirley Hamilton, that needs help buying a house. You remember my friend Shirley Hamilton?、Uh-huh. She wants to buy a new house, and so I asked Johnny if he could help her with the down payment. All he can tell me is. It's an awkward situation. I expected your husband to be a little more generous. This conversation actually fits with earlier stuff, which is nice. Continuity in the room, don't be ridiculous. Right.、Oh, hi, Ali.、Oh, hi, Rob. Hi. <laughs> oh, hi, Alison. It, it feels like it's just random dialogue, but it actually goes long. She's asking about like, but that's what friends are for. They have to help you out. She's just、mm. falling on a little bit of hard luck. I know you think I'm bothering. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're hearing more about Shirley Hamilton, who might be a more interesting character than some of the other ones who are actually in the film, like Stephen. But that's not Stephen's fault.、Mm. Well, Stephen, he was invented on the spot, so he can't help it. <laughs> It's one of the few in the room that they follow up on with Claudette because they never follow up on the. Yeah, we don't hear a second thing about the cancer, but we do hear a second thing about her friend who needs a house. Yeah, it was just really interesting watching just this one minute of it because. It, that was something I'd never picked up on, and obviously, knowing I was coming to do this, I was listening a lot more attentively. And I'm just going,、mm-hmm. "What on earth is she on?" <laughs> right, right. Because when you get to the scene, you're not even thinking about some random conversation she had. That was、oh. that was 29 minutes ago、mm. that that conversation happened. It was minute 50. It was the awkward situation thing. I think I noticed sort of at the beginning, submitted as well is、um, definitely seems like、um, Mark and Lisa are playing eye tennis. Yes, each other. Totally, they're like googly eyes. <laughs> They're not very smart about it. Yeah, like Johnny. This is supposed to be an even more crowded party than it is in the film. They just didn't have enough extras. This is not where you look at each other. I do love the overtly loud crowd noises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's what twelve people in the room, I think total,、mm-hmm. and it sounds like more occasionally, and sounds like co- way too quiet some of the time. It's a bad mix. <laughs> I, I would like to point out that when they show the cake, there's only one piece missing. And Mike is the one we see eating cake. So Mike has grabbed cake before Johnny or anyone else, and he needs to stop. I think he has an eating disorder. 
because you know he's involving chocolate in his sex life now he's just stealing cake he's got a problem he just not once can he eat food properly in this film <laughs> nope there's like a ruminating cow or something and it's just hanging out of his mouth <laughs> It's ridiculous. Well, and this was the choice by the actor and the actress, Mike and Michelle. Like they wanted, they're like, we already had food earlier. Let's play with food. And so it's it's again continuity. This is a minute of continuity. Michelle feeds the cake to him. Mm-hmm. He pretends to feed her, but then eats it himself. He's he's got problems. I just think as well. My theory is that you'll notice that the rest of the um of the party snack table looks like it's barely been touched. And I, my theory is maybe that was uh, the catering for the whole film, and they just were trying not to touch it. <laughs> all they had. Yeah, probably. Tommy wasn't going to spend it's any more money. food than they had the entire time, and he's like, "No, don't touch that. <laughs> I might need to shoot it." Yeah, they were thinking we better save this. That wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we know he didn't have water for sure. Yeah. Craft services probably wasn't much. Yeah, they couldn't even get all. This is bowl of pretzels. As long as Tommy's got his own toilet, though. Yeah. As long as Tommy's got what Tommy's got. Who cares about the rest of the crew? Mm-hmm. He's paying them. It's up to them to get their stuff, right? Obviously. They weren't even provided with water, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Which was a problem for Claudette earlier. So why would they be provided with food? Yeah. Or air? <laughs> <laughs> That's why they have to go outside, if, obviously. If he could have kept them from having air, yeah. <laughs> so we, we get all our extras again. Carrie McDermott, Bennett Dunn. At the end of this minute, we get Jennifer Vanderbleek and Amy Von Brock, who was, um, I think she was, Amy Von Brock was one of the makeup people for the movie as well. Mm-hmm. And she's one of the two at the end of this minute having a good time. Loves the idea of going outside for some fresh air. Hey, everybody, let's go outside for some fresh air. Yeah. And totally does not have ulterior motives at all. Oh, Lisa, no. Um, what are you no. about? No, Lisa wants to bring us some air. So subtle. The roof does seem set up for a party, so I guess it was planned, but on the in the moment, it does not seem like it. My issue is that the apartment just seems, it's more, um, you know, convoluted than the Overlook Hotel in terms of what <laughs> is where and people live exactly it's ridiculous (laughs) well and their apartment is so small it's just just this little room we got the what we've called the uh, chair and alcohol storage room off to the one side yeah you know bedroom and bath upstairs of course but we don't spend a lot of time up there it's it's just a tiny it feels like a long time when we have to watch it oh true 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 one of those scenes took like four minutes so that was more than a week of this show sorry listeners now, there's not much in this minute for notes from a midnight screening. Notes from a midnight screening. But one of them is great because if you take a look, if you have the minute up now, look at Mike's watch because it's a little kid's watch. I thought that yeah. when I saw it earlier. It's kind of adorable. <laughs> yeah, a little blue plastic thing with a red band. And so as soon as he's on screen with that, people in the audience are like, oh, nice watch. And so when he tries to eat the cake, they're like, that's not how you eat cake, you idiot. You have a fork. Because <laughs> he does have a fork on his plate, and he's still eating with his hands. Mike is a problem. An entertaining problem, but a problem. You know, that tumble into the um, dustbins earlier on, that really did a number on him. <laughs> yeah. he, he has a fork. He doesn't remember what it's for. He's been damaged. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, the minute closes with Lisa saying, everybody, hey, let's go outside for some fresh air. Now, Ollie, I don't know you very well. You were your last-minute add to the show, so I'm curious how how long have you been a fan of the room? 
quite a while, actually. It was around about 2008, I think it was, when I first saw it. Wow. And I'd only ever heard of it. It's a sort of a film magazine that we have in this country called Total Film, who they did a, a piece on it, and I was fascinated hearing about it. But then it sort of lost track of it for a long time, and then the, the meme of uh, Johnny doing the whole, you know, you're tearing me apart, Lisa! Yeah. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Became more commonplace and then there was the um nostalgia critic review oh. and i thought well i've, I've just i've got to see what this is like <laughs> and every time i see it every time i see it i think it can't possibly get any funnier or weirder but it, it excels itself it is the film that keeps on giving yeah and we'll talk about other bad movies on friday but i've been watching a lot of them lately yeah. and this is one of the more watchable ones I, for some reason. There's something about the way that people perform. Mm, absolutely. It doesn't have that boring middle that a lot of them do. Mm. Right. And it's not as, it, it's understandable because it has a plot that is really simple. Mm. Unlike a, like a Neil Breen film or something. It, it, Tommy Wiseau wrote something that flows from beginning to end. It doesn't flow well, so, but it flows. And I think for all the negative things that you can say about him and about the film, if you were to ask the five best filmmakers in the world right now to make a movie like this, it it wouldn't even be in the same universe. I was blown away. Like like three minutes and I turned my friend go, this is the fucking greatest movie you've ever seen in my life. What genius is behind this? Tommy wanted to break Tommy wanted to break barriers in filmmaking. I think that he had a very clear vision. He is a figure of mystery where, you know, you do want to learn more about him. who is this man? Who is this auteur? The kind of sheer ambition of it is is in incredible the numbers probably prove how unlikely it is that you'll make it if i had a time machine i wouldn't go do a bunch of st uh, stuff you i would go back and try and get on that set just to watch and feel what it was like because it has to be unbelievable so the comparisons to ed wood that lots of other people have made mm -hmm. for i think are really apt because they did Threw people over, and yeah. but, um, at the end of the day, they truly believed in what they were doing, and in what they were doing was good, despite what everyone else was telling them. And that's kind of admirable, I think. Weird way. Yeah, for Tommy. Yeah, I mean, I I wish he had treated the crew and the cast better along the way. Mm. But yeah, you you got to respect the idea that he decided he'd wanted to be an actor. It wasn't going how he wanted to, so. He put his money where his mouth was, you know, he wrote a script, filmed the script, put it out there yeah. for all of us to, you know, make fun of and laugh at and enjoy for years. There are so few films, even good ones, that people are still talking about to this extent on podcasts such as this. Yeah. It's got a legacy and so many other well-made films won't even have that. Yeah, that's true. It has withstood like 10 years and people are still watching a movie and talking about a movie. People aren't doing that about whatever won the Oscar for Best Picture 10 years ago. True. I mean, yeah. there's some that'll win an award and then you just forget they even exist. You're like, wait, what was that? Mm. But this one, people remember. Like a cult. And now with Disaster Artist, people who haven't even seen it remember it. Yeah. So it's got levels. I would say that the Disaster Artist for me is, of all the things associated with The Room, the book is probably my favorite. Yes. Because it's it's just somehow funnier than The Room. Yeah. And yet at the same time, 
so much there's there's a lot of heart oh yeah it's a it's one of the most interesting male relationships i've ever been depicted anywhere and i I just loved it and it when he tells like the backstory for you know pierre his sort of fictionalized version of tommy yeah yeah it's sweet and it makes you feel sad for this like lonely guy who i mean we've seen tommy was so we know he's weird but he had trouble being normal and having a life and at some point he had a girlfriend and it it ended badly and he was in a car accident and he changed his life and it's it's a nice story i wish the movie had a little bit more of that and less just recreating scenes from the room yeah it's i I really enjoyed the disaster artist as a film but i um think almost the problem with it though was i think it's interesting because um, my girlfriend hasn't actually seen it, and I thought it might be interesting to see if she wanted to see The Disaster Artist <laughs> first, and get her impressions of that, because I think as someone who's so into the original, seeing The Disaster Artist was kind of like, well, yeah, I kind of know this right. already. And a lot of the tropes like, the, oh, is she f***ing <laughs> her belly button kind of things, that everyone's kind of already... Naval fucking said that. Lisa suddenly grows a vagina in her hip. Yeah, I'm not trying to be harsh towards it. I thought it's, it was one of my favorite films that year that it came out, but, you, you know, it's just nothing will nothing will top the, the book or the film. But it was a noble effort. Yeah. Certainly. The book has a hell of a lot more detail and depth. Any other comments on Minute 79? Oh, well, one thing I found interesting, they're all going to get out of the front door. Um, I'm sure it's the same in America, but it, it reminded me very much of the trying to get off the tube, the underground <laughs> shuffle that people do. Uh, they try, they they want to get going, uh-huh. but there's too many people in front of them. And I don't know who it is, but one of them just, like um, just boops the balloon out of the way. Yeah, just that's, that's the beginning of the next minute. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's uh, Bennett Dunn, one of the extras. Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah, it is. yeah. <laughs> we will we will start with that next time. Now, Ollie, where can the listeners hear more from you? Um, you can find me on at Sitcand, which is a podcast I do with one of my best friends where we review sitcoms episode by episode. We're currently doing Friends. Okay. Or you can listen to my new podcast, which is All Things Dark and Distasteful. And on Twitter, it's at Dark Distasteful, which is where every week I have a different guest and we talk about something weird and creepy. Cool. I'm like, like what? <laughs> oh, so uh, the f- very first episode is about uh, Ouija boards. Okay. And then the second one, we cover Fred, Fred and Rose West, who are some pretty notorious um, serial killers from the UK. Yeah. The f- next one's going to be on Little Shop of Horrors, the musical. So it, it jumps all over the place in terms of like funny, dark, creepy things and serious, <laughs> dark, creepy things. If you need another serial killer episode, I can come on and talk about, you know, I share a name with a serial killer, so. Talk about him, Robert Black. Yes, yeah. well, I mean, I'm always. <laughs> yeah, that might be a weird conversation. All the Mario's guess he, he abducted Thank children you. and did weird things to them and then killed them. So <laughs> maybe the wrong kind of. Hey, but it needs to be talked about. <laughs> but he's dead now. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's nothing wrong when people make fun of the project. In this case, the room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drop Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us! <laughs>